Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They his buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Second Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday to you, June 22nd, 2023. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. We're on 96.1 on the FM side of things and 1450 on AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen all here to get your day started. And we're going to talk some sports, baby. Nick Roush, how are you? I'm, I'm great. I'm excited to talk some sports. Um, had a great day on the golf course yesterday. Got a little wet, but um, happy to be rocking and rolling this morning. How, how are we feeling, Mr. Sports Talker? I'm a little tired. Still, I, I went to bed early last night. I, I probably went to bed before the sun officially went down as we kick off summer 2023. Uh, but catching up on sleep from our fun and exciting Bowling Green trip and getting to play out at beautiful Park Mammoth yesterday, doing the show out there, running into NFL superstar. and then uh, try to catch up on sleep. I, I don't think I'm there 100% just yet, but step in the right direction. Did get a good night's sleep. Still a little bit tired, but uh, that's all right. I'll get back to it and be totally fine. So doing well. Excited to do radio on this Thursday morning. Scoots, how are you? See you, Scoots. I'm, uh, I'm about the same boat as you, TJ. I went to bed pretty early last night, probably about 9.30, and I guarantee I was asleep by 9.31. Yeah, catching up on on sleep from the Bowling Green trip, but like you, I will be okay. So I'm good today. I'm excited to be back in studio um, where I feel like I have complete control as opposed to yesterday when we were on that remote. Something about being out on remotes, I love that I'm able to get out there and that we can get P. Diddy in the studio, but man, something about not having control really kind of stresses me out. But we got through it. It was a fun time. Golf course was awesome. I'm still trying to dry off from the last nine holes or whatnot but yeah it was a good time yeah we got a little we got rained on probably in the final nine holes it was probably raining for four or five of them and then we were uh, a little dry for the other ones but it was only maybe like once a semi-heavy rain just for probably about 10 minutes or so but besides that it was just kind of a windy drizzle where you still felt it you're still getting wet but it was manageable enough to be able to continue play, and, and we didn't stop at all. We actually got in a pretty 
quick round, all things considered. So yeah, we had, uh, we had a blast. We, we were a little covered up too because Park Mammoth. It's 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 in a valley. Like it's just a, a valley between rolling hills, very scenic down there in Cave Country. Um, it was the one that got me was when we got to 18 and we were a little little exposed out there. There was nowhere to hide uh, from the rain, nowhere to hide from those greens either. Um, you could get within striking range, but uh, man, they were that, that's what was fun, right? Like you could mess up a tee shot, recover, and still like, oh, I've got a chance to score here. Uh, and then you can get on the green and it just uh, could just Lucy Charlie Brown like see here or just the rolling hills of that grain though they they were nuts they were nuts um, but that's what made it fun it was a challenge a fun challenge yeah it, it was it really was an awesome course we'll say it a million more times I'm sure but definitely worth the drive from Louisville easy drive we 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 drove through the rain the entire ride home I don't think it stops for a split second that being said Still an easy drive, about an hour and, and 20 minutes. Worth it if you're in a golf group or you're just somebody that likes to try new courses area. Again, we teed off at, I think, 9.15 Louisville time, and I was back at my house, I think, right around 3 o'clock. Uh, so I, I've had rounds in Louisville where I've been out on the course longer. Um, <laughs> now, again, you so need The to one thing I like, too, that um... – like for all, like it's Lake Country. A lot of people down there. If you're at Barron River, Rough River, Nolan, like you know, that's a stone's throw away. If you're just trying to, hey, maybe maybe you're spending a long weekend at the lake, want to change things up. That's a that's a nice option to consider as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a great point. Also, um, but it was beautiful. It, it, it's really it was it's pretty open, uh, so you can. And, and this happened to our group several different times. You could you could be. Far left off the tee, far right off the tee, and end up just in another fairway and debatably have it just as fine as a shot if you would have piped it right down the middle. Uh, there were there was fescue. The back nine is kind of more bordered by trees, so there is a little bit of a boundary there where the front nine's a lot more. I mean, almost completely wide open with with few exceptions. Uh, and then throughout the course, they've got tall native Kentucky grass that's just high fescue where you could sometimes get find your ball and have a, just a totally okay shot. Other times it'd be a little too thick and you'd get in some trouble. Um, Scoots did the one that I'd never seen anybody go three fairways over, but Scoots, you did it. And I think you got out of it pretty manageably. I actually hit the green on that shot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't land on the green, but I hit the green. No, I just did rolled you, right off. Did you finish the round with the same ball, TJ? No, no, I lost it in that miserable number seventeen par five Gosh, hole where that, I should have just punched hole. out and yep. and gotten out and gotten out of my own way, but instead just kind of tried to get a little too cute, paid for it dearly. Uh, yeah, so that that was that was a trouble hole. Almost though, got got through the first sixteen holes with the same ball. But that being said, another thing about the course that I really liked was off the tee again. It was hard to get in trouble. But when you get around the green, as Roush mentioned, the greens themselves, tough to describe because they, they were like, yeah. a, they, were, they were slightly hairy, but just the, what's the word for it? Adulation? Well, un the undulation. Yeah. Uh -huh. The slopes. The slopes are crazy. And then yeah. I, I was talking to a friend who he played it um, on like a, you know, hot summer day um, when they were really fast. And they crushed him. I can't imagine. We got a little bit of rain to kind of slow things down, but 
do think it made it a little inconsistent too. It was it was just tough. Uh, it was really tough, and nobody was seeing them worse than me, except yeah, for had, one putt. One yeah, putt. Roush probably hit like a fifty footer coming playing it perfectly down this hill where he was aimed probably like eighteen feet to the right of the hole, but you just needed to hit the hill the right way and let it funnel it down, and then he funneled it right on down. The pin was in. If the pin was out, it definitely would have dropped. It hit the pin and then just kind of like skirted about just less than a foot off to the side of it. Uh, it was an unbelievable, unbelievable putt. But that was the fun thing about the course is the greens were tough to figure out. They were a little bit hairy, so you felt like you could kind of go attack them. But if you attacked them too much, you'd probably yeah. catch a hill somewhere on the green <laughs> and you'd be on a worse spot. But if you didn't hit it hard enough, you weren't going to get it there and you'd be you'd still have a little bit of meat left to clean up whatever your finish was, whatever you're trying to save at that point. And then even off the greens, probably within 40 yards, almost every green, even for just average amateur schmuck golfers like ourselves, a lot of decision making. Like you yeah, can find yeah. yourself in well, you know, I'm only 10 yards off, but this playing surface is so flat, it's hard to tell where the green starts and the fairway ends. Maybe I just put it here. Or on some, it'd be like, do I want, do I need to try to get it in the air here and just try to kind of stick it or land it it close to the pin? Or do I let it run and let the green kind of slow it down a little bit? You have a ton, and maybe for average golfers like us, a ton of choices can be a little dangerous because we'll end up overthinking things and making some mistakes. But if you're like, it's just, it's just fun to think. It's fun to play out the different scenarios. It's fun in your head to try to make that decision and then see if you can execute it, which for the most part I did. I I shot a 40 on the front nine, which was awesome. Uh, And then on the back nine, that one blow up hole, besides that one blow up hole, I was fine with the back nine for the most Mm -hmm. part as well. Uh, Scooch was incredible on the back nine. He beat me on the back nine. I ended up still getting him on the overall score, but that was that was the scooch that I, I hear him brag about there on that back nine. He was really dialed in with the irons. His ball striking was great. Uh, he played really, really well. We were going toe for toe there on the back nine until my blow up hole. But uh, that was a lot of fun. It was fun seeing him play well and even in the rain. You know, TJ, they're doing a two man scramble for Fourth of July if you want to head back down. We would have been a good two man scramble we, team. Yesterday on that back nine, we would have been a phenomenal two man <laughs> scramble team. Yeah, we were we, we we had a bunch of birdie putts between the two of us. Uh, we were pretty good off the tee, but we were rarely both bad off the tee. And then yeah, I, yeah. I played really well with my irons too. I was finding the greens from far out. Um, well, not really far out because you it was a short course. It's a, yeah, it's yeah. a relatively short course. So you, but I was able to find the green. It kind of just felt like top golf. You were aiming for one of the the circles, and I was seemingly connecting on a lot of them, but. Yeah, we we were uh, we were pretty dynamic as a cart there on that back nine. No doubt, Ralph. That what did you end up shooting? Do you know? Uh, I, we I think we got to a point where we quit keeping. That's score what TJ right. said on Rutherford yeah. yesterday. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, it was getting wet. It was, the, the, the scorecard was soggy. That's what it was. Uh, but I did have <laughs> three or four pars. Um, I got. I got on a lot better, and uh, so we're we're showing improvement in the game. Uh, I had four. I was I, I was tallying my ons on, onto the green on the second shot. Had a lot of those, um, but I think just overall that 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 was just the fun part is that it was pretty forgiving and it felt like you could have a chance every single hole. Even though, um, as you said, Scoots, 
many times I needed to hit it half the speed I was hitting it because I just I was just smashing the ball on those uh, greens. But uh, I, I think it makes it a fun course for kind of all levels of golfer because it is shorter um, and there's not too much trouble uh, right off the get. And you, you can you can convince yourself that you you're halfway decent even if uh, you're not not at all. <laughs> Fun times out there, though. Uh, it really, again, just cool course. Not a lot of blind shots, which I'm a fan of. Uh, and then they, they play it where you're rarely kind of going uphill with your shots. A, a lot of it's just kind of shooting down, rolling down. Uh, and that's nice, too. But it was fun. We, we had a blast out there. Mm-hmm. I will definitely be back. And we mentioned this on the show yesterday, but... September 1st, the second annual Big X kickoff scramble at Elk Run. You can email BigXScramble at Yahoo.com. I know we've gotten a few emails already, um, but just know I haven't responded to anybody. What you're going to have happen is you're going to get a confirmation email just saying, hey, we got your email. You're good to go. But BigXScramble at Yahoo.com to lock in your spot. It's probably going to sell out for what it's worth. And secondly, don't, don't confirm your spot unless you really know that you're going to play. We get that things can happen. We're going to be talking about this scramble for really up until it happens. You're going to be hearing a lot about it. But just – and we probably will sell out at some point. But if you, if you, don't, if you don't know that you can't play, don't, don't take up a spot. We had a few teams not show last year at the scramble. We don't collect money up front or anything. We don't want to do that. But we also don't want you to no call, no show. So we've got that open. Uh, it's probably going to sell out again. The plan, at least the tentative plan, is to we're going to be doing the show out there. We'll get the scramble started shortly after we get off the air. We're going to play the scramble. We're going to have a blast. And then we'll come back. We'll do raffles, prizes. And then there's a pretty decent chance, we think, that Mike Rutherford's going to do his show out there starting at 3. So it's really going to be an all-day Big X Sports Radio party. And then if Mike Rutherford gets his gang out there, all those U of L goobers, they're going to take up tea time. So, uh, and then U of L plays the, the, yeah, play the Brom era starts that yeah. night. So, like, yeah. people are going to be a little antsy. Uh, the people are going to be hyped up for this. It's going to be a really fun day out there. And uh, the clubhouse is finished, so we'll probably be able to just have a bunch of food out there. You know? Oh yeah, for sure. Do a little, little salsaritas. Host three hundred people. It's great for events, weddings, uh, holiday parties, which seem like they're really far away, but with how fast this year's going, it's going to be here before you know it. Fourth of July is a holiday. It's right around the corner. It it is. It is. I I don't know if you'd go to Elk Run for your holiday Fourth of July barbecue, but I bet they'd welcome it if you you had uh, an itch to do so. So, again, there's the email. You're going to hear us probably mention it maybe daily, so you you got a long time to promote this thing. Uh, But lock in your spot today. We'd love to see you out there. Last year was just so much fun. We can't wait to do it again. And then again, thanks to Park Mammoth for having us out there yesterday. Uh, it, it really was a, a fun round. So Man, it, it was getting to play with your dad. Roush was a lot of fun. No, oh, yeah, guy. yeah. He's he's a good he's a good golf course guy. And he uh, now that he's on the old man tees too. They were the old man tees were very forgiving. Like especially eighteen, he had just a, we had three sand traps on the way. He just got a straight little runway. Uh, but yeah, always good to. Uh, play play around with the the pops. Uh, it was also nice just to hear some good news while we were out in the golf course uh, because um, 
I'll be frank. I was tired of doing the same old uh, radio. I was glad we got to, we, we get to, I don't want to say move on, but we got great news. Finally. Finally. Yeah, we were out on the links and uh, not really on our phones a great deal, but I think right on number nine before we were about to get to the turn, uh, I looked at my phone, saw that everybody was tweeting about Antonio Reeves or several different reports. So I yelled at Roush. She didn't hear me. Scoots followed it up with a, a yell. And then Roush kind of got over to his phone, checked it out for himself, and, and that was exciting. We were able to tell KRC listener Keith about the news. He was excited about it. Finally, we can talk about something else. Not today, though. We're going to talk about it. Antonio Reeves back to UK. Yeah, we weren't really on our phones a lot during the scramble because, or during the scramble during the golf outing. We're playing golf. It was, it was, yeah. We were playing golf, and it was raining too. So it was, yeah. you know, you wet hands, wet gloves, wet everything. But that was big time. That was big time. Classic KRC curse. Shortly after we get off the air, mm-hmm. they announced the Antonio Reeves news. But big day for UK basketball. And as we had mentioned several, I mean, we we. Everybody got plenty wrong in the Antonio Reeves situation. We thought he was gone. Um, then there was the reports that he was going to be back. We got excited about that. Then everything kind of went radio silence. I think naturally a lot of people started to not feel great about the situation. Again, it was confirmed that he was taking classes at Illinois State. It was a weird back and forth, ebbs and flows, dramatic scene with Antonio Reeves. But one thing we did get right was this UK basketball roster wasn't far off. You just needed this offseason to do a few things, and boom, a lot of people would feel really, really good about the team going into the season. With Antonio Reeves joining the fold in Lexington, deciding to stay, whether or not he was handcuffed or wanted to leave, we'll talk about those things, I'm sure, as today's Kentucky Roll Call goes on. UK's got the best backcourt in the country. And if you don't think it's the best, then you would probably have to default that it's in the top five. And if you're talking about having one of the top five backcourts in the country, you should be anticipating a fun season. You should be anticipating high expectations and big wins and being a threat come March, because how often do you hear about guards win in March? But we got to figure out just how good DJ Wagner, Rob Dillingham, and Justin Edwards are. There's a chance one of them could be a bust. It's not impossible that all three end up being underwhelming, in which case, you know, we have to reevaluate where we think this backcourt's at. But on paper, what we expect these freshmen to be the way the NBA expects these freshmen to be, and then you get one of the leading returning scorers in the SEC back there with them, a proven three-point shooter, a guy on any given night that can go out there and drop 25, 30 points per game. It's the best backcourt in the country. And again, if you want to fight me on that, then you got to admit it's at least top five, and boom, that's huge, huge news. I don't think I don't think UK should be considered quote unquote done. I still would like to get a big guy. We talked a lot about Trey Mitchell yesterday. You get Trey Mitchell and let's roll. I, I think you're you're looking pretty good. You do have plenty of uncertainty. Where is how is Uganda gonna develop? What's the deal with Bradshaw? And then what I just mentioned with some of those guards and do they meet their potential or not? There's uncertainty for sure, but from a talent standpoint. That's a classic Calipari team. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's a classic Calipari team that is littered with NBA talent. You get a guy like Antonio Reeves that is the experience uh, and also just a volume scorer. 
like we said, there was reason to panic this offseason. There was reason to be frustrated. It was easily the most draining offseason in the John Calipari era. But we said all along, they're close. They just need a they just need a couple players to fill this out, and boom, you're right back there in top 10, top 15 category. You got a you, you got a huge piece yesterday. You checked the biggest one. Now can you just go find one more big? Trey Mitchell will be, you know, a star maybe using too strong of a word there. But he's a good player. He could be in the conversation at the end of the year as all SEC second team, third team. I don't think that's crazy to think about. Really, I just think you need another body for depth. If they just rolled with Somto Sirel, again, I'd be a little nervous. You're probably putting a lot of pressure on Aaron Bradshaw to come back. So I still would want a more talented body. But you at least need depth. And, and anything added on top of that, as in a proven player that's played in the Big 12 for a couple seasons and done really well, I'll, I'll take that. And then you'll be just ready to roll and put this, te- put this team up against anybody. You better get them early because I don't think you're going to get them late. Big check mark in the Antonio Reeves category. Get another big, get two bigs for all I care, and let's rock and roll, Roush. Like we said, it's been frustrating, but we knew it was close all along. You just had to make it happen. The um, the uh, Exomto Sarel when when we just got all those new freshmen that came out, I definitely had that ag- exasperated feel. <laughs> you know, the this, I just was like, really, this is how we're going to do it. Those pieces don't seem as bad when you have the other two experienced guys in there, right? Like Sarel feels like a just a added bonus. If you've got Trey Mitchell in there, um, same thing with Joey Hart. If you've got Antonio Reeves coming back and the, the, the thing that's going to be kind of like, I, I do think there's going to be sort of a cooling off period, but once we forget about just this silly theatrics that were involved in this, it's, it's just such a significant return, right? Like you, I don't know how to measure it and how to it stacks up with other ones throughout the Calipari era because um, you know I don't I, Reeves isn't one of those phenomenal freshmen just coming back for a sophomore season, but he is a great reliable scorer that you can you at least know that now you're you're getting a little bit more runway with the freshman and I think that's all we ever wanted this offseason with the transfer portal with the guys returning or not is you just when you have some experience there, even if they play badly at the beginning of the year, there's not that consistent freshman mistake that can be just present. So like, yeah, I, I just, it feels like a weight has been lifted off the big blue nations mm-hmm. shoulders uh, with Antonio Reeves back in the fold and liable to just go off for 30 points, you know, any given night, you never know when he's going to get hot. And that's, that's, it's the beautiful thing about having a guy like him on the team. Reeves scored 488 points for UK last season. That's 83rd all-time in uh, in the history of UK basketball for most points in a season, uh, tied with Sam Bowie. Uh, it, it, to put it in like perspective, he scored more points than Emmanuel Quickly did during that COVID year. Now he got four more games than Quickly, so if Quickly got to play in the SEC tournament, Quickly's total would be over that number. But that's a decent way to look at it. Just imagine if Emmanuel Quickly was coming back for a, that 2021 season. First off, that season doesn't finish with nine wins. We all would just be totally over the moon. 
in the same category, uh, Ramel Bradley, Joe Crawford, those are all guys that scored fewer points than Antonio Reeves uh, in their star seasons. This is the type of player that you're you're talking about uh, returning for another year at UK. I mean, it's an absolutely huge deal, and it can't be understated. It can't. Uh, now you feel so much better about this backcourt. You feel so much better about where the basement of this team is now raised, where if you didn't have Antonio Reeves and you just rolled out there without any other guards in the backcourt, and I think they probably would have found somebody, the quality wouldn't have been Antonio Reeves good. Maybe you would have gotten that dude from Rutgers. Maybe you, you could have found somebody else late in the game. I, I don't know. But if you, were, if you were rolling the dice just with Wagner, Dillingham, and Edwards, and then Reed Shepard, who I'm excited about and I think can do some nice things, you got, you got to kind of ease them in, I think. But there would be a chance that those – you know, it wouldn't be till February till those guys start maybe hitting their stride. And at that point, if the record was bad, it, it could, in a worst-case scenario, be too little too late there. I just think that's not going to be the case with Antonio Reeves because even if some of those guards are struggling, all right, Antonio, go do what you did in Fayetteville. Go out there and, and, and take over a game. Uh, he had a lot of 20-point-plus games, uh, a lot of them and he's going to have a lot more of them this upcoming season. So it, the, I think the worst-case scenarios on this team, assuming they stay healthy, and that's already not a safe assumption to make with the Aaron Bradshaw drama, but assuming they stay healthy, it's going to it, it's going to be a competitor. That's why this offseason has been different than other Calipari offseasons. I'm an offseason dreamer. Like As long as I think yes. the team <laughs> is going to be competitive – then I, I, that's why I've enjoyed like the Calipari offseasons because it's hard not to get excited about the upcoming season with the roster that he, again, most season builds. Not every season, but most seasons. And does it mean that UK is going to win a national championship or go to a Final Four? No, because March Madness is crazy, and sometimes things don't work out the way that you hope or you anticipate or you expect. But you at least felt good going into the season with the group that you had. Didn't mean that there wasn't maybe a concern here or there, or are you shooting going to be satisfied? And you, you could find little holes in some rosters, but for the most part, you felt good about them. This year, we didn't, and you saw the panic from that. Hopefully, with Reeves, people can exhale a little bit. Again, I think if you can add Trey Mitchell, that'd be absolutely colossal. At which point, if you do that, then I don't I don't think even the biggest Calipari haters could not at least be somewhat excited about the roster for this upcoming season. I still think everybody's in. We need to see the wins. We need to see another March run. We need to win at the biggest level again. And I'm right on board with those people. But you at least would have to feel good about the roster put together. If you add Trey Mitchell or another quality big – Throw in Somto Cyrell. I think Somto Cyrell, I, I've got – we need to head to a break, but he, he's going to be insurance if you're going to start getting pushed around because that yeah. dude will not get pushed around. And we saw He's, he's like a Lance sort of role, I would imagine. Um, more but, athletic Lance is a good way to put it. I, I just um, – I we are one in the same in that offseason optimism knows no bounds. Um, one time on this show, you declared that Kentucky was going to win back-to-back national championships. So th- the off-seasons are for dreaming big. Uh, and it, it, it felt like we got the, the chance to really gas up an all-time freshman class 
because there was so much anxiety over who was going to surround them. And that's unfortunate because Justin Edwards, really awesome. DJ Wagner, maybe one of the, the best guards Cal's ever gotten here, right? Like Reed Shepard. Remember Pat Forty writing articles about the death of John Calipari at Kentucky because he couldn't recruit Reed Shepard? And he's been committed for like two years now, and we're just waiting for him to get back. So it, having the, the chance to be like, okay, now we can – there's at least enough stuff here for us to latch on to. There's enough to get excited. Um, if I wanted another comparable um, scoring total, um, last year Antonio Reeves had 488 points. Um, Deron Lamb had 469 points on Kentucky's run to the Final Four his true freshman year, and he came back. Um, that feels feels very comparable in their uh, affinity to score, uh, their lack of uh, reliability on defense, and just like any given night. Uh, you don't know if it's going to be a huge night. You don't know if it's going to be a bad one. But all, when the shot leaves his hands, you're going to feel pretty good. That, like, okay, that's not the worst shot. Hell, even during that NCAA tournament game, TJ, I, I was just waiting for one of Reeves' shots to fall, and when he kept missing them, you, it's like, well, they're they're good looks. Like he's not he's not forcing them. He's just he's just it's not his night. Not his night tonight. Let's take our break. We've got some tweets coming into the show. We've got text on the Thornton's text line. We're going to get to those. We're going to keep talking about what was a huge day for UK basketball yesterday. And the news doesn't stop there. There's plenty more to get to on today's show as well. It's nice to be back home, although I do wish just in a matter of hours I was teeing off at Park Mammoth again, but such is life. Got to get back to work. Got to pay the bills. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. DJ Walker and Roush and Jesse Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Oh, this is your wife. Oh, a lovely lady. Hey, baby, you're all right. You must have been something before electricity, huh? <laughs> 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 Open me down the highway, Open me down the highway. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. We want to hear from you on the Thornton text line, 502-414-1450. You texted in, 502-414-1450. We'll get around to it. We'll read it on air the best that we can. And Thorntons will take care of you the best that they can, which is pretty darn good because they've got everything, 89 cents, 32-ounce drinks. Roush, they're taking five cents off a gallon for Refresher Rewards members. I hear you and Dugan say that correctly yesterday. Yep, yep. They've upped the ante to five cents for the summer. You're going to sign up. You're going to need it, too, because gas price is just getting comically high again, although it was nice to be able to fill up down there in Edmondson County. Gas was like shockingly probably 70 to 80 cents cheaper down there than it Mm -hmm. it is up here in the big city. Oh, I didn't think about that. That would have been smart. Uh-huh. Yeah, Scoots, you were just putting your foot through the bottom of your accelerator. That's right. You dingus. Come on. You, you were being you were real dingus getting on the interstate yesterday. How do you know? 
because he was right behind us. There was no reason why you should have tried to pass us when the lane was in. Yeah, it was very, it was very dumb move. Oh, that was you all. I was pretty ticked yeah. off. Yeah. Whoa! I Whoa. was. That was Whoa. really you all because I was looking for you the whole way and I never did see you. But I was cussing yeah. at that car. That's funny. That yeah. is so funny. Because it was, uh, it was raining hard, and you know, my dad's an old man. He's driving an old man. Style. That's that's uh, literally merging safely slowly onto the interstate. Yeah, so it's, doing eighty. No, it's a major interstate, first of all. So yeah, no, I was that is that's so hilarious that that was you all. <laughs> I was literally in my car behind you all, like step on the gas, old man. Come on, we're merging onto a major interstate here. So and to hear that that like was you weaving all. in and out of the semi, <laughs> like Scoots, right? Good gravy, Scoots. <laughs> that is so funny. I couldn't couldn't have been better timing. <laughs> well, tell Papa, uh, tell Papa Roush, I'm sorry, but he needs the he needs to speed up a little bit when he's merging onto a major interstate. Geez, well, it was geez, also uh, a construction zone too, so maybe you don't speed up oh, in construction zones. Gracious. There was no construction. Uh, yeah, but it was a construction zone. There's cones all over the place. Elaine was closed down. Might might have been a mistake on my end. Apologize for me. <laughs> uh, but you can get 15 cents. I've got a, I got a coupon for 15 cents off a gallon that i got to use by tomorrow. So it's great about the refreshing rewards app. Download it. Keep it with you wherever you go. Absolutely. We love Thornton's. You do as well. That's why they're all over Louisville and the surrounding areas. Uh, all right, fun little basketball segment there. We can obviously talk more about it. We probably will talk more about it. NBA drafts tonight. We said that we were going to talk about that yesterday. We never ended up getting around to it. Uh, but the NBA draft is tonight. They do both rounds just all the way through. So we'll find out the fate of all the Kentucky guys. Case and Wallace, you're probably not going to have to wait too terribly long to hear his name called. But then when it comes to Jacob Toppin, Chris Livingston and Oscar Shibway Roush, your guess is as good as literally anybody else's. Yep. Um, that's all it would be. Uh, you know, I hope uh, I hope Oscar gets his name called. I would really, really like that. He, he deserves it. Um, but, yeah, I don't really know. I, I was a big um, – I remember, I guess, I, the Tayshaun Prince draft. He would have been drafted in 03. I believe, and I, you know, I was young, but my friends and I, we we could ride our bikes to Hooters. It was close enough. Saved up our money. We went up to Hooters, got some chicken wings, watched it, and that became kind of an annual thing because it was all in one night. All of the guys were, you know, you had maybe one foreigner in like Darko Milicic or something, um, but you kind of, especially in the video game heydays where. It was it was so much fun to just think like, ooh, how's he going to play off? How's it going to go? Um, how is that guy going to plug into this team? This is going to be so exciting. Um, I don't. Uh, I, it's a loss as a lesser for me a little bit because like the Thompson twins, I think were overtime elite. You got G League, Scoot Henderson, Wimbenyano was farther. Like the guys, it's not college basketball stars that are getting picked in the top ten of some of these mock drafts. Like Anthony Black. I, he was fine at Arkansas, but I never looked at that guy and was like, oh, he's going to be an NBA star. Um, I just don't – it's it's not the same for me. So, I, you know, Jalen Huchifino never got a triple-double at Indiana, so is he good enough to play in the NBA? I don't know. I don't know. Um, nevertheless, I'll still probably have it on um, something 
something to watch. Um, but it just it doesn't doesn't have the same pop as it used to for me, TJ. I think Prince was in the 2002 draft because I'm pretty sure he was not on that 03 UK team. Okay, well then, uh, yeah, you're you're right about that. So I just got my years. Uh, got my I was just making up. sure I wasn't incorrect about it because I'm like I, I was pretty certain he wasn't in that 03 team because boy, could they could have used they could yeah used yeah he was he was not on that team. You're right. I, I was doing the thing NFL drafts the year after the season they played in, so I, that I just added a year to um, 02. Uh, and then when yeah, we were kids, right. we'd ride our bikes up to when we were like 12, that age, we'd ride our bikes up to Buckheads. It was close enough to go to Buckheads up there, save right. our money. They'd pour our Cokes in the big beer mugs, which we always thought was really cool. And yeah. Oh, Buckheads yeah. still does that too. If the, if there's any open, well, I, saw, I, saw I went to one. <laughs> I think that's the, I think that's a big if. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the good Gosh. times. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree with you. This draft, I think seems to have more uncertainty than, than any that I can remember, at least off the top of my head. Uh, still a lot of talent, though, and still a lot of talent, or at least what they tell us uh, is a lot of talent. Obviously, Victor Wimbeyama is going to go number one. There's really no drama there. He's going to be a San Antonio spur-, spur. It does seem like trades may may carry the night. There could be a lot of trades, people on the move. We had one last night, Christoph Porzingis. Everybody remember that name? You may yeah. not remember it. it was, can't it was, can't believe that guy's still around. Hot he's in the streets. Around. He's going to be a Boston Celtic. Marcus Smart is going to go join the the Nasty Brothers down in Memphis. A little shout out to Succession Ma- there. Mar- Marcus Smart is the most Memphis Grizzly that I mean. That, it's just a match made in heaven, uh, especially with Ja missing almost half. You know, the first third of the season. He's going to fill the Dylan Brooks role, but actually be good at basketball. So that's going to be a nice change of pace for Memphis. <laughs> um, I did go to uh, check out our draft odds because we've had a texter on the Thorns text line who was telling us uh, early on about the free money with Brandon Miller going second in the draft. He's now <laughs> he's now minus 500. So Vegas at least thinks that Miller's going to end up being second, as uh, our texter said. Uh, at after the NFL draft and you know watching Will Levis slide, <laughs> I think I'm good on NFL on draft bets for a while. I did get in on that texter. I'm trying to pull up my app right now to see what I got it in at because I didn't get it as good as our texter did. Which shout out to that texter. It's always it's always good to let your friends know about like a sure thing. Uh, that's why National Player of the Year, Oscar Shibway, during that season. Oh, no, that's, a great one. that's why we were like trying to let everybody know, get in on it, get in on it. It's free money. I know a lot of folks did. A lot of folks wish that they did. So I appreciate that texture letting us know. I got in on it at minus 170. So not, not ter- Yeah, not, not terrible. Although that's been rumored whether like the Hornets are going to trade. There's been talks that the that you may have – um, the New Orleans, they may try to trade Zion. I don't know if you all have heard those those rumors in the 14th pick. And they oh, may try to, that's fun. They may try to move up to number two to get Scoot Henderson because the Hornets just don't need a guard. And that texter, he was spot on about it. He was like, they're not going to draft Scoot Henderson because they're, they're fine at guard. They're going to draft probably a wing because they're not fine at wing. So it just totally made sense. The only way this bet doesn't hit is if the Hornets trade. trade out of the two spot and somebody who really wants Scoot Henderson moves into that two spot. But I feel pretty good about it, and I appreciate you giving us the update there that it's now minus 500, which basically means Vegas is like, we, we know. We know what's happening here. 
And good. Uh, Money for TJ. Yeah. I I when I saw the Zion trade stuff, um, it made me go back and look to see has he been there long enough to be traded? He's uh, four years. Yeah. Four years. Whole lot of nothing in the NBA. Which Man, that is crazy how long it's been. Although, like sometimes I'm I was just having a realization the other day that they were talking about where Julius Randle is going to go next. Is he going to be traded? Is he going to stay in New York? And one of the articles I read was like, wherever he goes, it's likely to be a swan song. And I was just like, no, I can't be Julius Randle. He's young. I was like, well, no, no, he's not really like you know, he's, going on, he's going on 10 years in the NBA, which is, you know, that's, a, that's if you make it 10 years in the NBA, you're doing something really good. He, he played with Kobe. <laughs> he played with Kobe. That, That's a, crazy to think. Yeah, about. yeah. Um, feels like in a that was a lifetime ago, but no, it, it really wasn't all that long ago. Um, and the Zion stuff came up, and it, it ESPN released their top twenty-five men's basketball players of the last twenty-five years, or no, excuse me, top ten of their last twenty-five years, um, and. I just get so triggered every time I see Zion in that conversation. And I don't know if it's because like it's all, I know a lot of it's just because he went to Duke. Was Zion that dominant? And I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I always get very like, ugh, whenever I see Zion in the mix for one of the, like he had Zion Williamson ranked higher than Tyler Hansborough. Tyler Hansborough kicked 10 times more ass than Zion Williamson did in one year at Duke. It's, Zion Williamson was good at Duke. I just I I just can't give him the same having him in front of JJ Reddick and Tyler Hansborough just it just disgusts me. JJ Reddick yeah. was the most hated man in the sport for I agree with that years. You know, like Hansborough was the same way, and I know it's a different game. Um, and hell, we were a fair share of Zion haters, but like, dude, you didn't even get to the Final Four, right? Did they did they win the ACC when he was? They had to have won the ACC with RJ Barrett, and Cam Reddish, but like, I can't. You aren't on the same pedestal there. At least they they got it. Um, I would have, you know, obviously put Anthony Davis number one. They had Kevin Durant number one. Uh, those numbers were nuts. But at least like they they weren't dumb enough to to rank Zion ahead of Anthony Davis. I would have I would have had to punt them to Bolivia. Yeah, uh, I don't think they did win the ACC for what it's worth. Yeah, because they were. They should have lost they, in the second round of the NCAA the tournament. Taco Fall, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, they, they finished third in the ACC that year. And they did win the tur- ACC tournament, though. And that's what got them that one seed um, to I think play right. Taco Fall as an 8-9 in that second round game. And, man, that's what we, that's what America needed. America needed Taco Fall to be an NCAA tournament icon to take uh-huh. down that, that Duke team. Uh-huh. Gosh. Suck it, Zion. That, that whole – I do feel bad for him in that regard that, like the, – the, the stuff with the – the porn with the, star with the, with the with the lady, yeah, his his mm-hmm. girlfriends, and it's just because like Zion when he ha- he he's had his moments in the NBA, it's been fun to watch, but he's just been so injured and fat, and I I just I, I hate that the stereotypes have just become true for him. Just hasn't been good. Hasn't been good. Uh, I can't find any odds on case. Oh, here we go. Casey Wallace's draft position. What do y'all think it is? Scoots? Uh, 11 and a half. It's a good guess. Roush? Uh, thir- four- 14 and a half. 
Ding, 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 ding. Wow. Nice. Nailed it. Although the juice is is saying he's going to be drafted. He won't be drafted in the lottery. So this is basically a lottery draft pick or a non-lottery draft pick. Uh, it's minus 130 to bet the over. It's plus 100 to bet the under. So if you think Cason Wallace is going to be a lottery pick, you can win some money. And this comes off as a homer take. I certainly don't care. But like, how could you not see UK guards right now in the NBA and not be like, you know, we need a piece of that. Like, yeah, yeah. I'll take, you know, we're between, the, we're between this guy and are you really going to pick Grady Dick over Case and Wallace? <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, and I'm, I think Grady Dick could be a nice NBA player. Braun from Kansas doing good yeah. things. National champion our national champion that went to the NBA and then won the championship in the NBA. Mm-hmm. But like case Wallace is just starting to bloom as a basketball player. Like he is going to be, he has the potential to be really, really good. I don't, I don't even know what the downside on case Wallace would be that he's just not going to be exceptional at one thing. So he's just going to be kind of a dime a dozen in the NBA in terms of, yeah, well, he's a good shooter, not a great shooter. He's a good ball handler, but he's not the greatest ball handler. He can get to the rim, but he can't do it with ease. Maybe that would be the only knock on him, but I don't think that's even necessarily going to be true. I think he's going to just get better at everything. I also wonder about – I don't know how much they rely on testing numbers, but just from an athletic standpoint, he doesn't have the quickest first step. Um, He doesn't just blow you away with his athleticism. But having uh, an elite defender – uh, as a role player off the bench is vital. Um, and to kind of, uh, I mean, you, you, like you said, you go down the line. I don't think he's Jamal Murray, but Emmanuel quickly, where, what was he taking? He was, was it the top of the second round or bottom of the first when the Knicks picked him? And he's been an awesome role player. I feel like Casey Wallace is just fits that mold. Yeah. Um, quickly was number 25. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Wallace will fall that far, but um, I I do think ultimately he'll slide out of the lottery. Just that that's kind of been the norm for these fringe guys the last few years. Uh, Maxi might have been he, he's I don't think he slid all the way out of the lottery, but he slid three or four more spots than we thought. Isaiah Jackson, like that's kind of been just par for the core in recent years. Uh, it, it, aside from quickly, who got ended up going out of the first round. Um, they've just they've slid a few more places than we initially expected, and uh, that's why I'm I'm not betting on drafts anymore. Do all of Chris Livingston, Oscar Shibway, and Jacob Toppin hear their names tonight? I I I think a team uh, made Livingston a promise, um, and I also I Oscar's just such a fascinating. I can't, I, I think somebody would take him. It'll be it'll be very late, uh, but you know, uh, why not? Right, like just guaranteed rebounds, shoot a little bit. I mean, Montrez Harrell was more athletic. Um, I mean, that, that Oscar's just such a perplexing NBA player. But I don't think they they let uh, a team will let him go to free agency before he's picked up. I, I think somebody's going to be intrigued enough because those second round picks, especially if you got multiple. Things are a dime a dozen, you know. Who cares, right? Like, <laughs> not guaranteed contracts. You get some ten two way deals or something like that. Um, so why not take a chance on them in the second round? So it sounds like to you, you think if somebody isn't going to get drafted, it'd be Oscar. 
Uh, it would be Toppin, I think. Okay, just the way that you, yeah. you you naturally went to Oscar. I thought maybe you thought he'd be the one that may be most on the fringe or not on the fringe. I, I think Toppin's just inconsistency is the thing that's holding him back, and that you like what what is what is his one great thing that he's going to give your team? I don't I don't really know. Mm-hmm. I think with no, Toppin, I, I, I don't disagree. I think with Toppin, it's the what he can be. I mean, we saw flashes of just how good he can be while he was at Kentucky. And the NBA, they're they're big on potential when they look at guys like that. So I could see Toppin getting drafted tonight. I, I'm saying Oscar does not get drafted. It's worth remembering, too, those last few picks of the NBA draft, I mean, really you could make it up to like the last five or even potentially the last ten. Sometimes it's better to not be drafted and be able to go pick a situation that better suits you, a team that may just need a specific rebounder, a team who's short at the forward position, and Jacob Toppin could be somebody that, yeah, you're probably not going to get a ton of minutes, but you're at least going to fit in on a roster because they, they like your potential moving forward. Sometimes it can be better to not get drafted. That being said, who wouldn't want to hear their name called, have a at least briefly guaranteed spot? Um so I think they all get drafted. I, I, I think we hear all the names at some point uh, this evening. I, I think that Oscar and Toppin are going to be later. I think Livingston's the biggest wild card. I, could, would a team potentially reach on him earlier than they should? Well, the way Clutch tells it, maybe so. But then again, you know, Livingston is a project where he currently stands as a basketball player. I think a team is obviously going to be willing to take on that project because the potential is so good. But I think you, I think you hear all the four Wildcats get drafted this evening. Oh, ooh, ooh, I would say that the Vegas odds would probably be against that for what it's worth. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, there's some people out there who may think that there's a better chance only two UK players get drafted than than all four. I think the middle ground would probably be three. If, if Vegas was handicapping and all this, but I, I do, I, I think that Livingston will get drafted. He'll have a promise. Obviously there's no concerns with Wallace Roush. I ultimately fall in the same line of thinking with Shibway on you. So then to me, it just comes down to Toppin. And honestly, I think the fact that his last name's Toppin is probably going to get him locked into a draft spot. I think people are going to look at Obi and just say, yeah, you know, that's a player that kind of shined as he got older Toppin probably not doesn't have as high as a ceiling. Jacob Toppin doesn't have as high as a ceiling there, but it could be pretty good too. Let's let's roll the dice on this kid. So I think you'll hear all four, although the the latter three outside of Case and Wallace, you may be staying up late for. Ah, nothing like a late night Thursday with the NBA draft. Let's take a break into hour number one we've got hour number two coming up we'll read a few tweets we'll read a lot of text on the thornton's text line keep them coming in uh, it's a nice day for the football team we've, we've talked heavy basketball here in hour number one but football got themselves a little yahtzee yesterday uh, not too so, not not so little you're right big yahtzees we'll come Aha. back with we'll talk about that as well this is kentucky roll call and big x sports radio so, dj walker nick rouse how about it right now, love? Can't wait. Then I asked if she believed in faith, and she said yes. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. 
Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 14.50 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your Thursday NBA draft night, which gets one-thirtieth the attention of the NFL draft. It is what it is, but it's here. It kind of snuck up on us. Uh, the College World Series continues to roll along. LSU stays alive and forces a winner advances to the championship and the loser head home game against Wake Forest. I think that's tonight. Um, and then the winner, they have Florida waiting in the wing. So the Gators definitely happy. Both teams are going to have to throw a few more arms before taking on the Gators in the best of se- best of three series to crown the NCAA champion. LSU was considering throwing schemes for tonight. I don't think they've made a final decision there. They're going to see probably how he was feeling today. That's got to be a tough call for for LSU. Paul Skeens, who may go number one in the MLB draft. Kentucky fans probably familiar with him because he blanked us. He blanked us. They beat us 14 to nothing, and Kentucky couldn't get anything going against Skeens. But that's got to be a tough – if you're an LSU fan, that's got to be kind of – I bet that's a fun radio topic for them. If you're a coach, it's probably not as fun because it's such a huge decision. Do you try to maybe rush him back ever so slightly in this Wake Forest game, or do you just hope that you can find a way to win and then know you're going to get him pretty darn close to fresh in one of a three-game series for the whole enchilada? It's tough. It's tough. I think because uh, I, I believe the three-game series isn't like consecutive, so um, I, I need to I need to get a schedule of it out there because I would think that like if you pitched him some tonight, maybe you got five innings out of him tonight. Maybe you could get five innings out of him in a game three if if necessary against Florida. Yeah, I think I think that starts June twenty fourth. So like it, it will be consecutive. Um, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. You'll get, a day, you'll get a day break. So, like, they'll play tonight, I'm pretty sure. And then both teams will get a day tomorrow. Right. And then they start back up on Saturday and go Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. You so, wouldn't... Skeens will only be like pitching one more time in his LSU career unless right. they brought him in in like a closing situation potentially. Okay. On Monday or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. But you got to, that, that would be the premise here. You're probably only getting him at full, at quote unquote, full strength one more time. And if you threw him tonight, it wouldn't even really be full strength. It'd probably be closer to, he pitched on June 17th. So he pitched five days ago. Usually you'd like to have a week rest. So he's probably, you know, 90%, 95%, which 90, 95% skiing is probably better than most. Yeah, man, that's tough. That's uh, a lot of it's just going to come down to how confident are you in your bats against Wake Forest? Like, can you? Because uh, th- that was the trouble the first time they lost to him, right? They only scored two runs. Um, so if you feel like you've got enough offense, having having him for game one against Florida, I mean that 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 could just punch your ticket right there, right? It's it's hard to overcome that sort of deficit. So, oh man, I, I'm I, saving them. I'm rolling. Yeah, I think, I'm rolling I think the I dice. Might be saving them too. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. saying we're one of the best home run hitting teams in all of college baseball. We may give up some runs to Wake Forest. Our pitching situation is going to be by committee, 
we're just going to have to outscore them tonight. And then you get a hundred percent fresh skeins and Roush, you're right. Again, just a, what you, then at that point you're making Florida have to beat you twice, two other times. I'm not pitching. I am pitching skeins tonight. And here's why you, there's kind of that unfamiliarity when it comes to Wake Forest, Wake Forest, the number one team in the country, and of course you don't get to the championship if you don't beat them tonight, whereas when you've got Florida waiting for you, you've seen them a couple times this year. You you know what to expect out of them. You've seen their pitchers before. They've seen skeins before, I'm sure, this season. So I, I think you use them tonight just to ensure that you get to the championship and then hope that your advanced analytics on Florida baseball can come through and LSU can get it done. That's That's the way I'm doing it. I don't think they actually did see each other this year for what it's worth. Seriously? All SEC teams don't play each other? No, there's like no. two there's like two you miss or something. Really? Okay, well I'm then reading. that changes everything then, yeah. Cause I, I think I heard that somewhere that like it would be their first meeting this season. I had the hmm. same thought. I was like, Oh, that's kinda weird. Yeah. But the the schedule can break that way. UK didn't play Ole Miss yeah. this year, for example. Or yeah, Arkansas. That, and that's, uh, did they play Arkansas? That's how it it broke this year. Yeah, I don't think Kentucky played Arkansas either. And Arkansas won the regular season SEC um, title. Um, But, yeah, so interesting, interesting. Roush, tell Uh, us about these football commits. uh, Well, just briefly while we're on baseball, shout out to the Reds, getting it done. Um, Had a two-run homer in the eighth inning yesterday. I mean, it's just crazy. Longest – Win streak of team history since uh, 1957. 11 straight, baby. Yeah, it's the longest streak by a team who had 100 losses the season prior since the 1890 Colonels. Um, and who could forget the 1890 Colonels? Uh, that actually might have been the team. There was a Kentucky Colonels baseball team that uh, they they disputed a World Series title. Um, like, basically bad weathers forced them to... Uh, they, they played games in Louisville. They were supposed to travel to New York to play the Brooklyn Dodgers, the New York Yankees, one of them. And uh, weather wouldn't let them travel up there. So they said, well, we'll just we'll, we'll keep playing it in the spring. Um, and they never did. So that World Series title, under dispute. Very fun baseball fact. Love that one. Uh, but yeah, let's go Red Legs. Come on, Red Legs. Get yeah, those cowards from New York. They, they didn't want anything of the Louisville baseball colonels. People forget Louisville's had professional football at the highest level in town, professional basketball, and some would say the highest level because people thought the ABA was better than the NBA there for a stretch, and mm-hmm. professional baseball. And none of them still here, unfortunately. Hmm. It's unfortunate, but the Reds, they're rocking, they're rolling. It would be nice to get uh, a nice dozen before the Braves come into town. Um, that well, I don't it's know. It's going to be a tough series. ticket for Cincinnati. Yeah, this this weekend series is going to be a tough ticket. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, Good. Well, there's a lot of ba- there's a lot of Braves fans too. So, um, and the Reds are hot right now. So, um, should should be a, a fun little summer weekend of sports. But as you said, TJ, the the commitments. Early on this week, folks were worried, like, okay, where, where, where are all these guys? What's what's going on here? How come we we don't have any Kentucky football commits? They had all these official visits. Where are they? Well, they 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 just keep showing up. They keep showing up. You had the offensive lineman on Monday, kicker on Tuesday, and then Wednesday, the Cats get two commitments. Um, one from Tavani Mizell, 
talented running back from Florida, top 500 po- prospect, and uh, Quavo Marshall, uh, an athlete, six foot four athlete from Macon, Georgia. Um, first on Mizell. Mizell's got an interesting recruitment. It's unlike any I can remember that Kentucky's pulled off because he was a he was once ranked the number five running back in his class. Uh, he committed to Georgia very early in the process. He was a star on the seven-on-seven circuit. His cousin, um, I think they were teammates, was a top 100 player that is uh, going to be a true freshman at Florida this year. So he was a very buzzy recruit. And then that kind of just fell off. And I'm not really sure why, where, or how it happened. Um, But he's like a lot of SoFlo kids. He's transferred to a lot of schools. Uh, he transferred to DeMatha in D.C., in the, or the, D- the D.C., Maryland area. So he went from South Florida to DeMatha for a season, and it that feels like that's when a lot of schools cooled on him. Um, at least, uh, you know, the recruiting rankings kind of reflected that. Uh, this year, he this summer, he's moving, transferring, moving back home to Florida. It's kind of the Dekel Crowdis, right? Go a year away, then come back home. Um, and... For Jay Bulware, this is one of the first guys that he evaluated, targeted, and just went after. So um, it's a big one for him. He did contribute, of course, to the Jamarion Wilcox recruitment, but the hay was mostly in the barn already at that point. Um, so he just kind of had to go up and, make, and, and not mess it up. This is one where he identified Mizell, said, I like this guy, and we're going after him. Um, and he kind of... It kind of reminds me of the NC State transfer, TJ Demi Sumokarnbe, because he's a really good pass catcher. Uh, you know, that, that's – in those seven-on-seven seven tournaments, it was like him and Ruben Owens were the two guys that were awesome running backs catching passes. Like, he's a very he's, – he's very much a two-way threat, but he's not a tiny guy either. Like, he's probably going to be 200 pounds. So, there's, there's a lot to like about Mizell. It's just – it's a very interesting recruitment. Um, un, un, unlike many that we've, we've followed here before. Well, we were talking about wanting to see some commitments start to pile up. They're starting to pile up. That's now four in three days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's good. Start to cook, Kentucky. Uh, and then I, I'm excited about the the Marshall fella. Just saw, yeah, uh, yeah. saw some tape on him from Twitter. Uh, he was the one that Florida State really wanted, correct? Yes, yes. And he he's just fascinating, too, because he – Kentucky's recruiting a lot of these athlete guys, TJ. And, hell, if you watch his tape, half of it is uh, just him playing receiver, right? Yeah, <laughs> like that, was, was, that was fun. Was uh, You know, sometimes I, I, that circle that was highlighting him, you didn't know which way it was going to go, whether it was going to be on <laughs> offense or defense. So it was, right, kind of, right. it was thrilling in that regard, too. But he looked really good. I mean, he looked just like well, a freak. He's really big. I mean, he's six, a legit six foot four, one eighty, 180. And, like, that – He some of those uh, – slot corners that were covering him it's like are you a foot taller than this kid um uh, but he's a very big athlete high three-star prospect you could see him maybe eventually getting bumped up at some point um and i think a lot of the reason why he's not bumped up more is just because the lack of tape for him on defense because he does probably have more of the build to be one of those big safeties and and that's like the other kid that uk's in on good that's uh announcing his commitment on july 4th Big six foot three, six foot four safety. That's a two way athlete. Does a little bit of everything. A lot of raw athletic traits. 
Um, and that's that's what Kentucky's looking for, right? Like big athletes that can move well in space. And I think another thing to consider too, TJ, Chris Collins was in on this recruitment from uh, Westside in Macon, Georgia. You got a couple of Jay Bulware commitments this week. You know, you had an Anmore Stewart. You had a Chris Collins. Like that. That's what we needed to see. Um, and I and, and really, this is kind of where um, you you hope you hit right, like with some mid to high three star guys from assistants that haven't done a lot of the big time recruiting, and then your Vinces and your Liams and your Brads. They 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 take care of the the big guys, right? Um, the big high profile recruitments. You guys land the big fish. You got one of them in Cutter Bowley. You're hoping you can get another one with Brian Robinson. Where that thing, I don't. I don't know what's going on there. I was hoping to hear something going on there. So uh, we'll see. Um, but I in in the best part too, TJ, is uh, you know, it doesn't feel like this string of commitments is is complete either. And there could be some big names coming down the pipe that you know, you mentioned a few of them and maybe even a couple other surprises. I think there was a post on House of Blue and the KS KS board plus 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 of of uh, some following Instagram posts and seeing who was commenting or reposting this, that, or the other. Oh, uh, and yeah. There, so there could be, there could be some big names coming down. Uh, I love the who's following who and who likes what on Instagram. Like I noticed a, a four-star uh, DB liked my Tavani Mizell tweet and was like, Ooh, Kentucky was talking to him. Any chance? I mean, he's probably going to Georgia, but they might be second. Chris Collins has recruited both of them. So you never know. And then maybe know. maybe the cats get them a, a hardly Gilmore. That one is uh that one's intriguing. He did visit uh UCF after his official visit to Kentucky. Folks, the recruiting content coming out of Gus's uh UCF program right now is just incredible because they're just we are space you and it's there's uh it's it's a great way to set yourself apart, but it, it it's just because they're close to Port Canaveral, but they're they're really not that close. Like I guess, I mean Gainesville's closer, you know. Florida could lay a claim at that if they wanted to, but UCF's like we got to have a bit. We're going to the Big Twelve. Let's let's dress up like astronauts, and we're going to have space uniforms, and it's going to be cool. Um, but Gilmore uh, heard heard some good things coming out of his visit. He was a uh, uh, a surprise going into last weekend, a reclass from 2025. And, and he's, uh, he could be a big, that would be a really nice land. I don't think they've re ranked him, but, uh, like it said, he would be the highest ranked receiver, um, aside from Barry on Brown, if Kentucky did get a commitment from him. So that's higher than Dane key, like <laughs> higher than some of those other guys from back in the day. So that yeah. would, that would be solid. In terms of expectations from out-of-state receivers, he would. He'd be in the Barry and Brown conversation. Lynn Bowden, uh, Kentucky obviously has gotten some some nice in-state talent, Dane Key being the biggest name, but also Wondell Robinson eventually came home and played for, for Kentucky. So that would be that'd be a huge deal. I think we could have a lot of fun with the hardly happy Gilmore sort oh, of man. memes yeah, and yeah. uh, storylines there. So got to make that happen. And then plucking Gilmore, somebody out of Florida. Hardly know her. No, that wouldn't be one of them, but I no. see where you're going there. Okay. 
Yeah. Uh, I see where you're going there, but plucking somebody out of Florida that wants that, that UCF really wants and Florida has been sniffing around on, obviously that that would send a pretty nice message in my opinion. So hopefully they can do it. I was very encouraged that seemingly the guys that like Florida had eyed quarterback Austin Simmons and Harley Gilmore as they're like, these could be our big guys that we get the ball rolling in this 2025 class. And on the same day, Austin Simmons flips to Ole Miss and Gilmore says he's reclassifying and he's officially visiting Kentucky. So um, that could be a very big old suck it to the Gators, which we never mentioned it on this show, but I got very annoyed by the Austin Simmons uh, news because uh, Hayes Fawcett, who does, uh, he does the edits for kids when they commit, uh, works for on three. And he, uh, in his tweet, you know, he mentioned that he can reclassify because he has a GPA that's 5.3. And, like, it's impressive that he's going from, uh, he was a 2025-er to, like, he's just starting college now. Like, he had enough credits built up that he could start it. People were losing their damn minds over that 5.3 GPA, and I just was so, so very annoyed by it because, GPA means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. It's only just a qualifier to get you in the hunt. Like, I had a five-plus something, but, like, who cares, right? Like, it, it it means absolutely nothing. It didn't get me any sort of scholarships because I had a good GPA. You still had to do the – the you had to be great on the ACT or whatever. Like, I just I, – I was very annoyed by that, TJ. You putting that on your resume? You're going to get hired for a job because you had a good GPA? Scoot, sounds like somebody's a little jealous this guy had a better GPA than Roush. That's kind of what I was thinking, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like, at least. I think I had a better GPA. Why didn't I get a full scholarship to Ole Miss to be quarterback? That's a, that's a good question. I mean, come okay. on. And maybe there is some that, – that's not very fair because everybody knows you would have been a great quarterback in Ole Miss's system. And like, seriously, Elaine Kiffin could probably take – um, a garbage truck worker and make them a quarterback in short order. Yeah. Well, yeah. he could make John Reese Palmer one though. So maybe I should step that back a little bit, but you, you get my point. Hey, Hey, let's get like on over to the Thornton's text line. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Remember Salsaritas has two locations in Louisville, Middletown. It has a drive through St. Matthews, nice covered patio. I think it's supposed to rain today, but it's going to keep the temperatures a little bit lower. So, Go ahead and sit and have a nice rainy lunch at Salsaritas. Delicious food. You'll be warmed up on the inside, and you'll have a nice, cool breeze on their covered patio in the St. Matthews location. Or, like we said, drive throughout at Middletown. We love Salsaritas. You do as well. LaRosa tweeted in the show, which people do from time to time, uh, and said that you could draw the comparison to the impact of an Antonio Reeves return being similar to Patrick Patterson. Obviously, not from a playing style standpoint, different positions, but LaRosa knew that. Um, he's just saying from, or she, I'm not sure, I think he, just saying that you need some, you're going to have a ton of young guys. And that 2010 team with Wall, yeah, with Cousins, yeah. with Bledsoe, they had a ton of young guys. And to have an experienced player on the floor like Patterson helped it all gel together. Yeah, from a very similar standpoint, I think that having Reeves there is maybe not necessarily to help it yeah. gel together so much, but just if scoring is an issue, it shouldn't be because you got Antonio Reeves out there. It's going to make life easier for the other guards too. And it should make life easier for Antonio Reeves. 
The one part that I um, am going to push back slightly on is that Patrick Patterson was very much a um, leader. Yeah, like for the lack of a better term, he was just a leader. He was the guy that like everybody took what he like. Everybody in that locker room respected him um, and looked up to him. Even his freshman sophomore years on the Billy G team, like felt like that locker room went as Patrick Patterson went. Right, he set the tone. Antonio Reeves is not that. He's not a tone setting. Like he's he's a quiet guy. Um, I don't think he's going to be now. Can he show them the way as far as uh, like a work ethic? And yeah, sure. But I don't think he's going to be the one that they're turning to and is is the tone setter as the leader in the locker room. Yeah, Antonio Reeves is a leader by stats or leader by play. And leader mm-hmm. by plays, there's always the downside of that. Well, what happens if you're not playing well? Um you're not a leader is what happens when you're not playing well. Patrick Patterson would be the one where during before a free throw, hey, everybody come, come here. He'd be the one after a big DeMarcus cousins and one that would go try to pump up the crowd and get the team pumped up. He'd be the guy that in the huddle, if UK got off to a slow start and they did at times, especially at the beginning of the year, he'd be the one to tell everybody to wake TF up. Uh, Not talking Tony Fauci either. Hey, that's not Antonio Reeves. Antonio Reeves is, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to dominate, and if I dominate, it's going to make things a lot easier for you all. Now, you're right, Roush, in workouts, he's going to help. He can help the young guys in saying, this is what Cal likes versus this. You mm-hmm. need to go up on this side versus that side. Uh, that, that's, totally, that, that's totally accurate, and that's totally fair. But I will say, I, I can't, it's going to be fun. It's going to, and first off, it's going to be, and I'm, I'm not saying this to like crush Severe Wheeler, but it's going to be fun with DJ Wagner and Dillingham, and especially with Wagner more so than Dillingham, to have guards that will be able to shoot on the perimeter, which Wheeler, if he was wide open, I was fine with him taking that shot. It's going to be, have, it's going to be fun to have guards that can get inside, which Wheeler could get inside, and he led the SEC in assists so he could dish out. But teams would defend Wheeler differently because they didn't really have to worry about him going up, and they didn't have to worry about him finishing at the rim or near the rim or drawing a foul. He could hit a circus shot here or there, but for the most part, he'd go inside to kick outside. And that's not the hardest thing to prepare against. You just need to tell your defenders on the perimeter to stay disciplined. But with Wagner, it's going to be a different ball game. You're going to be able to have him beat guys off the dribble, play downhill, play a little running back. He'll be able to get to the line. He'll be able to finish through people, over people, on top of people, whatever he needs to do. Plus, now he's also going to get a kick out to an Antonio Reeves that's going to be hanging out there on the perimeter with a Justin Edwards as well. That's good. That is really, really good. And that's going to be fun to watch because Kentucky's been a little one-dimensional, really, with their guards attacking. And it's been pass first instead of finishing first and that's going to change this year but to have people like Reeves waiting in the perimeter is just going to be huge and he should be more open you would think and secondly if if Reeves can or if Wagner or Dillingham can get the defense off balance Reeves cutting to the lane you know he started finding more success with that as the season went on Um, he wasn't just settling necessarily for three-pointers and that was part of the issue, I thought, in that Kansas State game is like, go inside, try to, try to get to the line. I know it wasn't his game, but you just need to see some balls go in. 
uh, he is a he is a scorer like that. He's got to see it go in, and then he can catch fire. But he can also be kind of cold. But it's going to be fun having a different point guard with Antonio Reeves. Is the too long didn't listen rant there? TL semicolon DL TL DL TL on the DL. It was too long to listen to all of it. Just hit me with the with the notes at the end. Having guards that can attack the rim, finish at the rim, draw fouls is going to make teams play differently. Antonio Reeves thrives on that. Let's take our last break. and Oh, let's read this other La Rosa text. He says, Calipari haters will now move on from the roster construction to who the best lineup Cal should play, but won't despite never seeing most of the players play a game. Maybe if we get to that point, though, that'll be refreshing because at least – Oh, yeah. Like, that's just people just need to vent or talk or argue about something. Get Trey Mitchell, and I think we're pretty much there. It seems like some Tosirel is going to happen. It's just a matter of when it's made official versus not. But, yeah, I'm I'm totally down to have starting lineup debates as long as we like the pieces that we're debating against. And I still stand by it, folks. I will be very shocked if Antonio Reeves is not a starter. I know Cal likes playing star freshmen. I know people think that. I just I will be very shocked if Antonio Reeves is not a starter. The um, the one where well we'll we'll get in we can get in a lineup talk once we actually see them and you know it's only three weeks away, right? Um, uh, We did not anticipate the roster construction season to last into almost the through the entire month of June um, to get us to where they're playing games in July, but that's that's where we are. And it can still, it just, it was, they were a couple pieces away. You can still get it seemingly. It's weird that it's this late and we, it's been crazy, but you can still make everything right. Took a big step in that direction yesterday with Antonio Reeves. One final segment of Kentucky Roll Call coming up. We read the Gordon's text line when we return. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. I'm in the prime of my youth, and I'll only be young once. Yeah, but you're going to be stupid for the rest of your life. Every day, it's a getting closer, going faster than a roller coaster. Love like yours will. Head on over to ShadyRays.com for the best polarized sunglasses hey, hey, in the world. They started right here in Kentucky. They've got, they look like they're the big brand sunglasses, but you're not paying a big brand price. They are a big brand, but you know what I mean. Uh, They try to keep it cheap for folks. They realize you can't really break the bank for sunglasses. And that's why ShadyRays.com is so popular is they know people can afford such high quality shades. Save 25% off on your entire order when you use promo code BIGX at checkout. Shout out to ShadyRays, ShadyRays.com. Roush, I saw you tweet. You're excited for the slam ball coming back next month. One month from today, as a matter of fact. Um, oh, one, one month from yesterday. It'll be fun. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, I, oh man, that was right in our middle school wheelhouse, right? Spike TV, late nights. I, I never knew if they were live or not, but. Um, it didn't matter. Yeah, it didn't. Um, because it's fast. It's quick. It's dudes dunking on dudes. I forgot too that it, you could just like tackle people. Um, you could just run them over. That, which leads me to believe, like, I, 
I forget the rules. If you can just shove people around, how did they get the face-offs? What, what, what would, would it have to be a jump ball or something like that to do a face-off? Because the face-off was the coolest part of it. And that's basically what we did whenever we would uh, put a basketball goal up next to a trampoline and, and have slam ball at home. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know the rules of it all either. Uh, I don't think you have to dribble, right? Um, I have no idea. We, yeah. we can sit here all you day. Can't you dribble, can't dribble, can you? Right. I think you can. I think like some people do, but you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. um, either way, like I, I'm just shocked. I mean, I'm, I wonder if they just didn't have a good enough business model or what, what, why it didn't work because it was really popular. So if these NFL, or not NFL, if these spring football leagues have been able to stick around a little bit, then slam balls should definitely be able to this go around, especially if they just have it on a, I'm wondering who their TV partner is. Because that's just let me be able to watch dudes dunking on dudes. Yeah, uh, it's going to be in Las Vegas, Nevada. Starts in just under a month. Do you remember some of the team names from the original? I do uh, I do not remember that. Um, they're actually going to put it on ESPN. ESPN is going to have it. That's awesome. Huh. Wow. Good for ESPN. Yeah, ESPN 2, ESPN Plus, all that. Uh, Vegas doing it in Vegas is smart as well. I agree. Like, yeah, you can just get people to show up to those if you're. I mean, as long what, as are, we, what are we going to do tonight? Let's go watch a slam ball game. That mm-hmm. sounds like a kick-ass way to spend a night in Vegas, or at least get it started. You had the Rumble, the Diablos, the Bouncers, Steel, Mob, Slashers. Oh. You had the Bandits. Should be a good time this season. Let's see their team names: Rumble, Slashers, Mob. Buzzsaw, mm. Ozone, Lava, Wrath, and Griffs. I like the. Uh, I like that they, they're really sticking with the two thousands, early two thousands theme here. Lava is they my still team. Some, they yeah. still have some of the original coaches from the for the teams. That's kind of cool. Man, <laughs> it'd be uh, the, just the kind of athlete to play slam ball, not for the faint of heart. Take some nasty spills. Yeah, you probably definitely get hurt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I wonder what kind of, like, player, like, y- you know, you could probably, what's the best athlete for slam ball? Really you see some of those, like, shows out in Vegas, like Circus Delay and whatnot, and it's just like, I bet some of those people would be freaks at slam ball. Imagine just, like, jumping 40 feet in the air and, like, being able to land perfectly right near the goal and slam it in. But then the, again, you want some people with muscle and some athleticism too. I mean, obviously those people have athleticism. I mean, but this is really just for the guy that was the football player that played basketball that wasn't really skilled, but like you could put him in. He played defense, and you know, maybe, maybe, maybe just get some hard earned points, right? That sort of thing. That's what it is. I feel like it's for the uh, football player that wasn't quite big enough to make it in the NFL, but is still in great shape, great athlete, and can just go and dunk on some fools. Uh, I think we're all thinking of one name in particular. Huge Who's fan that? of KRC. George huh? Fant. Dude, George Fant would just... Wouldn't he destroy- dominate slam ball? Oh my god, he would destroy him. The, the only thing is, though, is he's probably like, I'm good. My my back, everything. I'll keep it in shape. And dude, George Fant would 
kick everyone's ass and slam ball. That dude's not getting dunked on. Are you kidding me? Who's he'd, stopping him? <laughs> he'd need to probably get a little familiar with trampoline, but that would be the easy part. He's got basketball in his background. He's just absolutely huge and massive. He's athletic, obviously. Yeah. Well, if if he if some team doesn't sign him this year, which I doubt ha- I, I doubt a team will most likely sign him, uh, he could he could go into slam ball easily. Probably be the best player day one. Let's get to the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. 502-414-1450. I think we're right at the top, but it's loading for me. Yep, uh, right at the top um, where a texter says, um, Hey, fellas, Bad, Brad from Bellbrook here. Just want to let Nick know that Prefer, oh, Prefer rubs with Reefer. Prefer. I'm a dire Browns fan, so I've heard that name many a time. Just wanted to let him know. Have a good day, boys. Yeah, and, and um, his dad just got uh, let go last season. They were they they were sick of him. Even though I believe he was the guy who was the head coach when uh, Stefanski had COVID, and they had like multiple coaches out that uh, for like a random Thursday night game. And I believe they won that game too. That was during the Browns kind of surprise season. Uh, but Prefer had to step in and be the be the head coach for a game. John texts in. John here. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, I feel like today will be great. I'm going to see the movie No Hard Feelings. If you have not seen the trailer for the film, check it out. Should give you a few laughs. On a side note, have you all ever done sun gazing? Some individuals say there's actually health benefits for your vision if you do. So I say no, thank you. I already do one activity that could make me go blind. I'm not trying to add another. We'll got to go talk to you later. Wow, John, just throwing in a... Throwing in a sick joke. Throwing in a Jill joke. Am I right, Scoots? Uh, TLDL. <laughs> TLDL. <laughs> um, I, you know what? I, I, I want to see that movie. So that's the new Jennifer Lawrence movie. She hasn't done one in a while. And I, it, it looks funny. Um, but I really... the the Are you a Wes Anderson guy, TJ? Because I'm, I'm not like one of those where I have to see every movie he makes. But like some of his movies are like, like Moonrise Kingdom. Absolutely love that movie. Like he has some that I just think are fantastic. And this new Asteroid City uh, movie that's coming out this weekend, they say is one of his best. So I kind of is the summer the summer blockbuster season. I kind of want to get out and go to the movies a little bit. Yeah, it's the guy who did Grand Budapest Hotel. I, I think they're most of them are solid. Not my favorites. Yeah, they can be a little bit too quirky, but this has uh, Steve Carell, Scarlett Johansson. They always have like some of the biggest stars, and um, th- this one has uh, all the makings of being one of those that's just quirky and fun enough, but also probably has some serious overtime. Like yeah, it'd just be a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Uh, texter into the text line. I don't sun gaze though, John. Uh, yeah, I would not no. recommend looking at the sun. No, no, I'm over clutch. Jack said in his pod that they were actively working against UK on Bradshaw. They never wanted him to come to UK because they thought Chris Livingston should have played the two. What in the Hades did they see that would make them think that? Like, if clutch is mad about how Chris Livingston was used, then they're idiots. There's just no other word for it. They're just idiots. Chris Livingston as the two. What are you? What are you thinking? Absolutely not. And, and like, what did? What did he do at the three that he di- couldn't have done at the two? What limits did he have? The only thing they could be mad at is like 
he should have been more of a focal point offensively. But once Wheeler was down, it was ba- like whoever wanted whoever wanted the ball and wanted to create, you had the opportunity to do such last season. Chris Livingston included. He'd catch the ball on the perimeter all the time. It wasn't Cal's fault that he would pass it up or miss a shot. He could have done whatever he wanted. And we kind of joked about it, but we were like, he's good for one strong take a game, but not two. That wasn't UK's fault. It's not like they would let him do it once and be like, all right, Chris, great job. That was a lot of fun, but that's your quota for the for the game. You can't do it again now. Sorry. Go be more go be somewhat irrelevant on the perimeter over there. No, like he had every opportunity. Clutch is out of their minds if that stuff is true. And like I don't think Jack's making it up. But like Chris Livingston playing the two, that that is just nonsensical. I mean, it, it's completely and totally nonsensical. He should have been more of the four than he was the three. He was lucky he got to play as much three as he wanted. Yeah, and I, I do think you don't need to uh, be an insider with a lot of sources to see. It was pretty obvious Clutch was trying to steer him away from UK for whatever reason. Um, but you know what? They didn't steer Edwards away, which is kind of odd. But, I, yeah, it, it's just Clutch. I think Jack did have an update, too, that the Bradshaw timeline does look a little bit better now, uh, which is like September or October. Yeah, that he yeah. that he could be back. That'd be great. That'd be great. The October timeline still kind of within that four month window that was initially said, mm-hmm. but that was the the short end. Now it seems like the October would be the long end. So let's just still, get that still, bad boy going. Well, good yeah. news, and he's still posting videos of him like Duncan saying prove him wrong and stuff like that. So I I don't know. Get get it get it get it going. We just want to watch get that dude play care. basketball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why is Nick trying to blame the basketball team for the football fans' freakout about the slow recruiting? Heard him say it on KRC and 11 personnel. Is there any proof to this or just the KSR spin? Yeah, it's just the KSR spin zone. Uh, no, like people, there was a lot of angst in the fan base over the lack of news. And I think a lot of that just is coming from basketball and not knowing what the hell Reeves is coming from. What he was going to do next, we heard about these freshmen. They were taking their sweet time. I just thought there was a lot of angst. And here's the thing. The, when I say football fans freak out, like football recruiting people are a very small subset of the fan base. Like what do you, what do you, what do you think is that percentage, TJ, that like closely follows it day to day for football recruiting? Like 20% maybe? Out of like the entire UK fan base? Yeah. Maybe probably even 10? Like five. I mean, if we're talking yeah. about like all of them. It's yeah. a very small subset. Um and like the message board community, there was just a lot of angst built up. And I think some of that was just basketball angst as well. Uh, and then now you've got four commitments in three days and uh, maybe another on the horizon here in it, the near future. We, can we just stop like comparing, separating football and basketball fans? We've done this in football recruiting where there's been slower off seasons where we've wondered if something's up or why things are slow. It's okay to wonder that this year, and it's picking up now. And it picked up those other seasons as well because Stoops really hasn't had a complete and total stinker of a recruiting class. Basketball was different this year, so people were going to talk about that. But they're totally unrelated. Like, they're, they're just unrelated. Basketball concerns were valid. Well, Football was, was a little slow. <laughs> valid. Like, you know, both of them were worth talking about, especially in the summer when things are slow. It was funny that, that, that just like on our uh, board, mine was predicting a, the Mizell's commitment, I believe, um, that happened on Wednesday. I put that in. Like, 
oh, commitment. Uh, I'm forecasting a commitment. And then it was just turned into like uh, two pages of people freaking out over why more people aren't committing. It was like, well, two days. We're just, we're fickle people. We can be impatient at times. Um, it's just, gets a little crazy. But um seems like things are turning back in the right direction. There's like nice positive momentum for the UK fan base for the first time in a while. Let's just enjoy it while we can. Ah, feels good. And, and, and it could keep getting better too, which is the exciting mm-hmm. part about it. But like finally, we have a good day. Let's all have fun. Where do we see Kentucky basketball going next year? I feel like we've detailed that. That may have also been for uh, the P. Diddy in the City show yesterday on the Big X Sports Radio. I think if you get Trey Mitchell and assuming Bradshaw plays, Final Four is a realistic expectation. I think that's where fans should be at. That's where I'll be at. Where? Uh, so we had a P Diddy in the City show. Sounds yeah, like I was a, I was a guest yesterday. It was nice. P Diddy and Trey Roush. It was so oh, interesting. Something. It was interesting. Well, they're 18 no. years old. No, no, I know. I know. No, 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 I know. I'm, I'm not I'm not saying interesting like it was bad, TJ. It was just interesting. Like, when I turned in, I didn't know what to expect. But it was good. Yeah, I, th- I thought they did a great job. I even told Gil that last night. For two 18-year-old kids running a three-hour show, I thought they did a phenomenal job. Yeah, three hours can is a daunting That's task long. for even people like me, who I'm covering for Rutherford this afternoon. And uh, uh, Bobby Regan's going to come on. I'm going to work on some other guests, too. Got to gotta load up on the guess. Yeah, you'll be all right. Yeah. Who's pro- who's producing? Uh, the big guy. Trevor, yeah. Oh, yeah, you'll be yeah. fine. You're not going to talk a lot of sports, but you'll you'll be fine. Oh, and then I am, we'll I'm hosting with Trevor tomorrow, but the Bats game yesterday got rained out, so they have a game at 5.30, so I'll only have to do two hours with Trevor tomorrow. Come on. Yeah, you both were so scared about how you all were going to do three hours. Yeah, two hours will be easy. I mean, you all just acting like doing radio together is uh, some oil and vinegar. Like, you'll be fine. I don't I don't understand the apprehension there. Because well, oh. neither of us have hosted, I think, is wh- where the apprehension comes from. Trevor has hosted. He had his own show. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad I've never heard that. It was guest-heavy, as you would imagine. Uh, <laughs> but I'll be tuned in both days. Excited to hear you guys. It'll be it'll be a good time. Uh, Texter says, I'd consider myself overly optimistic when it comes to Kentucky basketball, but after listening to Jack talk about Bradshaw's injury and clutch, I'm not expecting him to ever play for us. Uh, I, I, well, I, expect, I am expecting him to play, but it's just a guess. Antonio Reeves coming back feels similar to Patrick Patterson. The impact on that freshman class. TK and Scoot's show will break the internet, says one texter. Come on. You keep saying... (laughs) That's what he said. You keep saying major interstate like that means anything. (laughs) I mean, you gotta gotta get up to speed pretty quick. They're all interstates, though. That's true. True. Yeah, but this um, is a major interstate. Major. You tell Mad um, to say you tell Hellcat Scoots they call me Mister Safety, and we actually do call my dad Mister Safety. <laughs> he's he, he's Mister Safety. He uh he spent his professional career uh, canvassing the state. Uh, was proud to say that he never got in any accidents while driving to uh, every county in Kentucky. Uh, but he has been in multiple uh, rear ends, running into things while parking. So parking. <laughs> Tough, but uh, getting on the interstates, they're great. He's because he's Mr. Safety. 
Hold on, did I just hear Scoot say, but there was no construction? This coming from the resident of the Hoosier State, where two areas on 64 West and I-65 have had orange construction signs up for the last 17 years to write double fines. Get it together, Scoots. Come on. So this is going to be really embarrassing, um, but hand up. I did not know until today, when I did a little research after that conversation, that if there, th- whether that construction zone is being worked on or not, you still have to follow the speeds. I was always under the assumption there was no workers there, then the construction zone speed limit was null and void. So hand up on that. Pretty embarrassing that I did not know that distinction, <laughs> but there you have it. I mean, that's a really bad thing to not know. Like but the roads are altered. Just crushed. Yeah, I know. Imagine like scoots on like a split highway, you know, where they have to split and kind of like go. He's just like, well, there's no workers here today. <laughs> just doing 80. <laughs> well, typically, if I'm in a construction zone, I'm just following the traffic in front of me because I've always been unsure of that, whether I have to follow the speed limit or not. So if there's somebody in front of me going faster, I'll just follow them. But Unless yeah, now I will. Uh, I'll be more cautious in the future, no doubt. Unless it's Mr. Roush, in which case you go by him and move him on the way. What over. a freaking jerk. I'm with you, Nick. Zion was slash is overrated. I mean, he was a good college player. That's not really all that debatable. But I agree with Nick's overall sentiment as well. Like just like the he, he was the a best good players. Player. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was good. He was an All American, but one of the best big men, best college basketball players in 25 years. It's like ah, yeah. Uh, I don't know about all that. You mentioned Kobe made me think the next wave of players will have been 10 when Kobe retired. So basically, they didn't really see much of his career. And if they did, it was the very back end. Yeah. They'll they'll not know how some of his crazy shots that he'd make. Mm -hmm. But also sometimes missed a ton of shots. This is not trying to start a political debate. I love the start of that text. Just want a quick opinion from you guys, regardless of party. How in the world is it legal to refuse to debate in something as important as a presidential election? Obviously, this is pointed at POTUS. Just really baffles me. Dude, I just cannot believe that we have a bunch of 80-year-old men running for president. Like, There's no way they can have what it takes to do that job. I know. That's why we need more public conversation, not like Fed reporter questions that they have printed answers to because then i think roush should be perfect you get to see just how old and kind of out of it some of these guys are so they just like i mean you would think that they got a nap frequently just to be able to do all the stuff that just sounds like an exhausting job i can't imagine any reason why some old men would want to do it what's better next year uk football offense or defense Ooh, that's a good question. I think. Oh man, that could be a whole show topic. It really just comes down to offensive line versus secondary, and which one's better between those two positional man, yep. units probably will have the better side overall. Oh, great, great, great question. Great, great job, everybody. Wow. Got to apologize to TJ for calling him Nick on Monday. I haven't listened to KRC much as I'm a U of L fan, but you guys do a good job, and I'm listening now. The main point of the text was Trevor jumps to conclusions without all the info. Sometimes an example the prestige. We do love the big guy, though. Yeah, well, you're spot on about him jumping. To, he doesn't need any information to come to. <laughs> and, and that's the only time he jumps too is just to get to conclusions. <laughs> a jump to conclusions, Matt. The guy made a million dollars. Scoots only knows the rules for minor interstates. You know it's true if he told people last night. 
Very true. <laughs> Morning, fellas. Casey here. I love the fact that Antonio Reeves is back, but part of me kind of feels bitter towards him. I want Kentucky to succeed, but I don't know if I want to cheer for someone who actually tried to leave and didn't want to return. Thoughts? That, that's a. I actually have that written down to like have that conversation if we were slow on things to get to today. It's a fair talking point. It's a fair summer radio. Like, do you do you bring back the the significant other that was maybe sniffing around elsewhere? It's 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 hard and it's going to take some time. It did. Hamadou Diallo was like that for me. Like it took, it took a while for me to kind of get over it. The whole games he played, going in or out, and I, you know that's natural. Um, it, but you know we'll eventually forgive, and once the season starts rolling around, and kind of uh, move on, especially if the team's winning. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. If they're winning, who's going to care? We'll get over it all the same. And uh, and we also don't know the backstory behind it all. You know, if there were financial aspects to it that may have weighed in more than we probably even know. But we're just excited to have them back. Uh, we can worry about some of that other stuff later. Everybody have a great Thursday. We'll be back tomorrow. Listen to Nick Roush at 3 o'clock here on Big X Sports Radio. Otherwise, we'll see you at 7 a.m. on Friday. This oh, is TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin. Pour me something tall and strong Make it a hurricane before I go insane It's only half past twelve, but I don't care It's five o'clock somewhere